God knows our heart. You cannot fool Him. It's the LifeSpring One-Year Bible coming to you from Riverside, California. And I'm Steve Webb, your OG Godcaster, podcasting since 2004. It's History Tuesday, and our reading today is Nehemiah 5-9. through 9. The website is lifespringmedia.com, and there are over 3,000 episodes over there for you to check out. Before we read, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this time together, and I pray, God, that as we read today, you would touch us, that you would teach us, and that you would show us something that we can use in our lives today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, are you ready? Let's begin. Nehemiah chapter 5 About this time, some of the men and their wives raised a cry of protest against their fellow Jews. They were saying, We have such large families. We need more food to survive. Others said, We have mortgaged our fields, vineyards, and homes to get food during the famine. And others said, We have had to borrow money on our fields and vineyards to pay our taxes. We belong to the same family as those who are wealthy, and our children are just like theirs. Yet we must sell our children into slavery just to get enough money to live. We have already sold some of our daughters, and we are helpless to do anything about it, for our fields and vineyards are already mortgaged to others. When I heard their complaints, I was very angry. After thinking it over, I spoke out against these nobles and officials. I told them, You are hurting your own relatives by charging interest when they borrow money. Then I called a public meeting to deal with the problem. At the meeting, I said to them, we're doing all we can to redeem our Jewish relatives who have had to sell themselves to pagan foreigners, but you are selling them back into slavery again. How often must we redeem them? And they had nothing to say in their defense. Then I pressed further. What you were doing is not right. Should you not walk in the fear of our God in order to avoid being mocked by enemy nations? I myself, as well as my brothers and my workers, have been lending the people money and grain. But now let us stop this business of charging interest. You must restore their fields, vineyards, olive groves, and homes to them this very day, and repay the interest you charged when you lent them money, grain, new wine, and olive oil. They replied, We will give back everything and demand nothing more from the people. We will do as you say. Then I called the priests and made the nobles and officials swear to do what they had promised. I shook out the folds of my robe and said, If you fail to keep your promise, may God shake you like this from your homes and from your property. The whole assembly responded, Amen, and they praised the Lord, and the people did as they had promised. For the entire twelve years that I was governor of Judah, from the twentieth year to the thirty-second year of the reign of King Artaxerxes, neither I nor my officials drew on our official food allowance. The former governors, in contrast, had laid heavy burdens on the people, demanding a daily ration of food and wine besides forty pieces of silver. Even their assistants took advantage of the people. But because I feared God, I did not act that way. I also devoted myself to working on the wall and refused to acquire any land, and I required all my servants to spend time working on the wall. I asked for nothing, even though I regularly fed a 150 Jewish officials at my table, besides all the visitors from other lands. The provisions I paid for each day included one ox, six choice sheep or goats, and a large number of poultry, and every ten days we needed a large supply of all kinds of wine. Yet I refused to claim the governor's food allowance because the people already carried a heavy burden. Remember, O oh my God, all that I have done for these people, and bless me for it. Nehemiah chapter 6 Sanballat, Tobiah, 
Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall and that no gaps remained, though we had not yet set up the doors and the gates. So Sanballat and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But I realized that they were plotting to harm me, so I replied by sending this message to them. I am engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? Four times they sent the same message, and each time I gave the same reply. The fifth time, Sanballat's servant came with an open letter in his hand, and this is what it said. There is a rumor among the surrounding nations, and Geshem tells me it is true, that you and the Jews are planning to rebel, and that is why you are building the wall. According to his reports, you plan to be their king. He also reports that you have appointed prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim about you. Look, there is a king in Judah. You can be very sure that this report will get back to the king, so I suggest that you come and talk it over with me. I replied, There is no truth in any part of your story. You are making up the whole thing. They were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. So I continued the work with even greater determination. Later I went to visit Shemaiah, the son of Deleah and grandson of Mehetabel, who was confined to his home. He said, Let us meet inside the temple of God and bolt the door shut. Your enemies are coming to kill you tonight. But I replied, Should someone in my position run from danger? Should someone in my position enter the temple to save his life? No, I won't do it. I realized that God had not spoken to him, but that he had uttered this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. They were hoping to intimidate me and make me sin. Then they would be able to accuse and discredit me. Remember, O oh my God, all the evil things that Tobiah and Sanballat have done. And remember Noadiah the prophet and all the prophets like her who have tried to intimidate me. So on October 2nd, the wall was finished, just 52 days after we had begun. When our enemies and their surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. During those fifty-two days, many letters went back and forth between Tobiah and the nobles of Judah, for many in Judah had sworn allegiance to him because his father-in-law was Shechaniah, son of Ara, and his son Jehohanan was married to the daughter of Meshulam, son of Berechiah. They kept telling me about Tobiah's good deeds, and then they told him everything I said, and Tobiah kept sending threatening letters to intimidate me. Nehemiah chapter 7 the wall had been rebuilt. I had put up the gates at the main entrances to the city. The people who guarded the gates were appointed to their positions. So were the musicians and the Levites. I put my brother Hanani in charge of Jerusalem. Hananiah helped him. Hananiah was commander of the fort that was by the temple. Hanani was an honest man. He had more respect for God than most people do. I said to Hanani and Hananiah, Don't open the gates of Jerusalem until the hottest time of the day. Tell the men who guard the gates to shut them before they go off duty. Make sure they lock them up tight. Also appoint as guards some people who live in Jerusalem. Station some of them at their appointed places. Station others near their own homes. Jerusalem was large. It had a lot of room, but only a few people lived there. The houses hadn't been rebuilt yet. So my God gave me the idea and encouraged me to gather the people together. He also encouraged me to gather the nobles and officials together with them. He wanted me to list them by families. I found the family history of those who had been the first to return. Here is what I found written on it. Nebuchadnezzar had taken many Jews away from the land of Judah. 
he had forced them to go to Babylon as prisoners. Now they returned to Jerusalem and Judah. All of them went back to their own towns. Nebuchadnezzar was king of Babylon. The leaders of the Jews included Zerubbabel, Joshua, Nehemiah, Azariah, Rehemiah, and Nehemiah. They also included Mordecai, Bilshan, Mispireth, Bigvi, Nehem, and Baana. Here is a list of the men of Israel who returned home. There were 2,172 from the family of Parash. There were 372 from Shephatiah. There were 652 from Ara. There were 2,818 from Peheth Moab through the family line of Jeshua and Joab. There were 1,252 from Elam. There were 845 from Zatu. There were 760 from Zakai. There were 648 from Binuai. There were 628 from Bebai. There were 2,322 from Asgad. There were 667 from Adonikam. There were 2,067 from Bigvi. There were 655 from Aden. There were 98 from Ater through the family line of Hezekiah. There were 328 from Hashem. There were 324 from Bezai. There were 112 from Hereph. There were 95 from Gibeon. There were 188 from the men of Bethlehem and Etophah. There were 128 from Anathoth. There were 42 from Beth Asmaveth. There were 743 from Kiriath Jearim, Kephira, and Beeroth. There were 621 from Ramah and Geba. There were 122 from Michmash. There were 123 from Bethel and Ai. There were 52 from the other Nebo. There were 1,254 from the other Elam. There were 320 from Harem. There were 345 from Jericho. There were 721 from Lod, Hadid, and Ono. There were 3,930 from Senea. Here is a list of the priests. There were 973 from the family line of Judea from the family line of Jeshua. There were 1,052 from Immer. There were 1,247 from Pashur. There were 1,017 from Harem. The Levites belonged to the family line of Jeshua through Cadmiel through the line of Hodaviah. The total number of men was 74. The musicians belonged to the family line of Asaph. The total number of men was 148. The men who guarded the temple gates belonged to the family lines of Shalem, Ater, Talman, Akab, Hatita, and Shobai. The total number of men was 138. Here is a list of the members of the family lines of the temple servants. Ziha, Hasufa, Tabaoth, Kiros, Saya, Paden, Labana, Hagaba, Shalmai, Hanan, Gittel, Gehar, Rieya, Rezan, Nakoda, Gazam, Uzza, Pasia, Besai, Mayunam, Nefusim, Bakbuk, Hakufa, Harher, Basloth, Mahida, Harsha, Barkas, Sisera, Tima, Naziah, Hatipha. Here is a list of the members of the family lines of the servants of Solomon. Sotai, Sophereth, Parida, Jaela, Darkon, Gittel, Shephatiah, Hattel, Pachareth Hazabaim, Ammon. The total number of the members of the family lines of the temple servants and the servants of Solomon was 392. 
Many people came up to Judah from the towns of Telmila, Telharsha, Kirab, Adon, and Immer, but they weren't able to prove that their families belonged to the people of Israel. There were 642 of them from the family lines of Deleah, Tobiah, and Nakoda. Here is a list of the members of the family lines of the priests. They were Obeah, Hakaz, and Barzillai. Barzillai had married a daughter of Barzillai from Gilead, so he was also called Barzillai. The priests looked for their family records, but they couldn't find them, so they weren't able to serve as priests. They weren't clean. The governor gave them an order. He told them not to eat any of the most sacred food. They had to wait until there was a priest who could use the Urim and Thummim. The priest would use them to get decisions from the Lord. The total number of the entire group that returned was 42,360. That didn't include their 7,337 male and female slaves. There were also 245 male and female singers, and there were 736 horses, 245 mules, 435 camels, and 6,700 donkeys. Some of the family leaders helped pay for the work. The governor gave 19 pounds of gold to be added to the temple treasure. He also gave 50 bowls and 530 sets of clothes for the priests. Some of the family leaders gave 375 pounds of gold for the work. They also gave one and a third tons of silver. All of that was added to the temple treasure. The rest of the people gave a total of 375 pounds of gold and one and a fourth tons of silver. They also gave 67 sets of clothes for the priests. The priests and Levites made their homes in their own towns. So did the musicians, the temple servants, and the men who guarded the gates. The rest of the Israelites also made their homes in their own towns. The Israelites had made their homes in their towns. In the seventh month, narrator's note, this verse continues in verse 1 of chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. Narrator's note. Verse 1 is continued from the final verse of chapter 7. All of them gathered together. They went to the open area in front of the water gate. They told Ezra to bring out the book of the law of Moses. The Lord had given Israel that law so they would obey him. Ezra was the teacher of the law. Ezra the high priest brought the law out to the whole community. It was the first day of the seventh month. The group was made up of men, women, and children old enough to understand what Ezra was going to read. He read the law to them from sunrise until noon. He did it as he faced the open area in front of the water gate. He read it to the men, the women, and the children old enough to understand. And all the people paid careful attention as Ezra was reading the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden stage. It had been built for the occasion. Mattathiah, Shema, and Aeneas stood at his right side. So did Uriah, Hilkiah, and Maaseah. Padeah, Mishael, and Malchijah stood at his left side. So did Hashem, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him. That's because he was standing above them. As he opened the book, the people stood up. Ezra praised the Lord. He is the great God. All the people lifted up their hands and said, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down. They turned their faces toward the ground and worshipped the Lord. The Levites taught the law to the people. They remained standing while the Levites taught them. The Levites who were there included Jeshua, Benai, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akab, 
Shabbathai, and Hodiah. They also included Maaseah, Kalita, Azariah, Jozebad, Hanan, and Peleah. All these Levites read to the people parts of the book of the law of God. They made it clear to them. They told them what it meant. So the people understood what was being read. Nehemiah was the governor. Ezra was a priest and the teacher of the law. They spoke up. So did the Levites who were teaching the people. All these men said to the people, This day is set apart to honor the Lord your God. So don't weep. Don't be sad. All the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy some good food and sweet drinks. Send some of it to the people who don't have any. This day is holy to our Lord, so don't be sad. The joy of the Lord makes you strong. The Levites calmed all the people down. They said, Be quiet. This is a holy day, so don't be sad. Then all the people went away to eat and drink. They shared their food with others. They celebrated with great joy. Now they understood the words they had heard. That's because everything had been explained to them. All the family leaders gathered around Ezra the teacher. So did the priests and Levites. All of them paid attention to the words of the law. It was the second day of the month. The Lord had given the law through Moses. He wanted the Israelites to obey it. It is written there that they were supposed to live in booths during the Feast of Booths. That feast was celebrated in the seventh month. They were also supposed to spread the message all through their towns and in Jerusalem. They were supposed to announce, Go out to the central hill country. Bring back some branches from olive and wild olive trees. Also bring some myrtle, palm, and shade trees. Use the branches to make booths. So the people went out and brought back some branches. They built themselves booths on their own roofs. They made them in their courtyards. They put them up in the courtyards of the house of God. They built them in the open area in front of the water gate, and they built them in the open area in front of the gate of Ephraim. All the people who had returned from the land of Babylon made booths. They lived in them during the Feast of Booths. They hadn't celebrated the feast with so much joy for a long time. In fact, they had never celebrated it like that from the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, until that day. So their joy was very great. Day after day, Ezra read parts of the book of the law of God to them. He read it out loud from the first day to the last. They celebrated the Feast of Booths for seven days. On the eighth day, they gathered together. They followed the required rules for celebrating the feast. Nehemiah chapter 9 On the twenty-fourth day of that same month, the people of Israel gathered. They fasted and they wore rough cloth and put dust on their heads to show their sadness. Those people whose ancestors were from Israel had separated themselves from all foreigners. They stood and confessed their sins and their ancestors' sins. For a fourth of the day they stood where they were and read from the book of the teachings of the Lord their God. For another fourth of the day they confessed their sins and worshipped the Lord their God. These Levites were standing on the stairs. Jeshua, Bani, Cadmiel, Shebaniah, Bani, Sherebiah, Bani, and Canaani. They called out to the Lord their God with loud voices. Then these Levites spoke. Jeshua, Cadmiel, Bani, Hashabniah, Sherebiah, Hodiah, Shebaniah, and Pethahiah. They said, Stand up and praise the Lord your God who lives forever and ever. Blessed be your wonderful name. It is more wonderful than all blessing and praise. You are the only Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, with all the stars. You made the earth and everything on it. 
the seas and everything in them. You gave life to everything. The heavenly army worships you. You are the Lord, the God who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur in Babylonia and named him Abraham. You found him faithful to you, so you made an agreement with him to give his descendants the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Jebusites, and Girgashites. You have kept your promise because you do what is right. You saw our ancestors suffering in Egypt and heard them cry out at the Red Sea. You did signs and miracles against the king of Egypt and against all his officers and all his people because you knew how proud they were. You became as famous as you are today. You divided the sea in front of our ancestors. They walked through on dry ground. But you threw the people chasing them into the deep water like a stone thrown into mighty waters. You led our ancestors with a pillar of cloud by day and with a pillar of fire at night. It lit the way they were supposed to go. You came down to Mount Sinai and spoke from heaven to our ancestors. You gave them fair rules and true teachings, good orders and commands. You told them about your holy Sabbath and gave them commands, orders, and teachings through your servant Moses. When they were hungry, you gave them bread from heaven. When they were thirsty, you brought them water from the rock. You told them to enter and take over the land you had promised to give them. But our ancestors were proud and stubborn and did not obey your commands. They refused to listen. They forgot the miracles you did for them. So they became stubborn and turned against you choosing a leader to take them back to slavery. But you are a forgiving God. You are kind and full of mercy. You do not become angry quickly, and you have great love, so you did not leave them. Our ancestors even made an idol of a calf for themselves. They said, This is your God, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. They spoke against you. You have great mercy, so you did not leave them in the desert. The pillar of cloud guided them by day, and the pillar of fire led them at night, lighting the way they were to go. You gave your good spirit to teach them. You gave them manna to eat and water when they were thirsty. You took care of them for forty years in the desert. They needed nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, and their feet did not swell. You gave them kingdoms and nations. You gave them more land. They took over the country of Sihon, king of Heshbon, and the country of Og, king of Bashan. You made their children as many as the stars in the sky, and you brought them into the land that you told their ancestors to enter and take over. So their children went into the land and took over. The Canaanites lived there, but you defeated them for our ancestors. You handed over to them the Canaanites, their kings, and the people of the land. Our ancestors could do what they wanted with them. They captured strong, walled cities and fertile land. They took over houses full of good things, wells that were already dug, vineyards, olive trees, and many fruit trees. They ate until they were full and grew fat. They enjoyed your great goodness, but they were disobedient and turned against you and ignored your teachings. Your prophets warned them to come back to you, but they killed those prophets and spoke against you. So you handed them over to their enemies, and their enemies treated them badly. But in this time of trouble, our ancestors cried out to you, and you heard from heaven. You had great mercy and gave them saviors who saved them from the power of their enemies. But as soon as they had rest, they again did what was evil. So you left them to their enemies who ruled over them. When they cried out to you again, you heard from heaven. Because of your mercy, you saved them again and again. You warned them to return to your teachings, but they were proud and they did not obey your commands. If someone obeys your laws, he will live, but they sinned against your laws. 
They were stubborn, unwilling, and disobedient. You were patient with them for many years and warned them by your spirit through the prophets, but they did not pay attention. So you handed them over to other countries. But because your mercy is great, you did not kill them all or leave them. You are a kind and merciful God, and so, our God, you are the great and mighty and wonderful God. You keep your agreement of love. Do not let all our trouble seem unimportant to you. This trouble has come to us, to our kings and our leaders, to our priests and prophets, to our ancestors and all your people from the days of the kings of Assyria until today. You have been fair in everything that has happened to us. You have been loyal, but we have been wicked. Our kings, leaders, priests, and ancestors did not obey your teachings. They did not pay attention to the commands and warnings you gave them. Even when our ancestors were living in their kingdom, enjoying all the good things you had given them, enjoying the land that was fertile and full of room, they did not stop their evil ways. Look, we are slaves today in the land you gave our ancestors. They were to enjoy its fruit and its good things, but look, we are slaves here. The land's great harvest belongs to the kings you have put over us because of our sins. Those kings rule over us and our cattle as they please, so we are in much trouble. Because of all this, we are making an agreement in writing, and our leaders, Levites and priests, are putting their seals on it. In Nehemiah chapter 5, in the New Living Translation, this is how verse 19 reads, Remember, O God, all that I have done for these people, and bless me for it. When I read, and bless me for it, I kind of raised my eyebrows just a bit. Seems a bit presumptuous, don't you think? Is this okay? But then I remembered the prayer of Jabez in 1 Chronicles 4.10, which reads, He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. So God granted Jabez's request, which tells us that God didn't think that Jabez's prayer was out of line. Jabez asked God to give him more, and God did it. Why do you suppose that is? Well, we don't have a lot to go on except for the verse previous to what we just read. We read verse 10. Here's verse 9. There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. So now we at least know that Jabez was an honorable man. And so getting back to Nehemiah here, we know that Nehemiah was an honorable man. We know this because everything we read of him here in the book that bears his name testifies to that fact. He did not take on this task of rebuilding the walls for personal gain. He did it to honor God and to help the people. Beloved, God knows our heart. You cannot fool Him. And if our heart is pure, if our motivations are right and honorable, we can come to God in confidence and humbly ask Him to bless us. What do you think of Nehemiah's prayer? You have thoughts or questions? Let me hear from you. Send a boostergram or call the LifeSpring family hotline or go to the comments page or write an email. Find out how to do that at the end of today's show. Tomorrow will be Psalms Wednesday, and we'll read chapters 140 through 142. Also, we'll have a time of prayer. If you're in the U.S., how was your Labor Day? Our normal thing here at home is to have 20 or 30 family members come over for a family potluck and pool party to say goodbye to the summer. This year, one of the lovely Lady Leanne's brothers hosted the activities at his place. 
Leanne had to work, and I stayed home and relaxed. Thank you so much for your patience with the abbreviated show yesterday. As you know, I record the day before you get the show, and I overworked myself on Sunday doing some chores here around the house. I won't be making that mistake again. I'll be taking things easier until after the September 13th surgery, and the doc gives me a thumbs up to resume my normal activities. My guess is that you might know what it's like for your brain to say, we can do this, and then afterwards your body says, eh, maybe not so much. You know, it's funny. In my head, I feel like I'm 30 years old, but I have a 69-year-old body that is not in great shape. It's true what they say. Getting old isn't for sissies. Well, after the doc gives that go-ahead, I'll be working on regaining a respectable level of physical conditioning. I'll start slowly and then steadily increase my regimen. No heroics. Just a gradual thing. So, until surgery, Lord willing, you can expect a normal show every day right up until September 30th. We have two associate producers to thank today. Travis Blevins came in with his monthly $20 donation. Thank you, Travis. God bless you. And Chase Jacobson also came in with his monthly $20 donation. Thank you, Chase. God bless you. You guys are awesome. Now, beloved, if you've heard the last few episodes since September 1st, you know that the LifeSpring One-Year Bible is coming to an end on September 30th. Now would be a good time to send a value-for-value value donation to show your appreciation for any value you've received from the show this season. What has the show meant to you? Pray about that, won't you? On September 30th, we'll have read through the entire Bible together. Has that helped you in some way? Have you gotten anything from my comments after the readings? Whatever the LifeSpring One-Year Bible has added to your life, please consider putting a number to that and then go to this website. LifespringMedia.com slash support. I'll be so grateful, and I believe that God will bless you. As always, I invite your comments and your questions. There are several ways to get in touch with me. Send a Boostergram using a modern podcast app from podcastapps.com or call the LifeSpring family hotline at plus one nine five one seven three two eighty five eleven or go to prayer.lifespringmedia.com. And if you have a comment or a question for me, you can go to comment.lifespringmedia.com and my email inbox is always open for you. Steve at lifespringmedia.com. Thanks to the team, Sister Denise, Michael Hayner, Scott Snyder, Jason Pascal, and Sister Brittany. Jason Pascal did today's show art. Thanks again to Travis Blevins and Chase Jacobson for helping to make this episode possible. And beloved, I'm happy that we were able to be together today. See you tomorrow? I know I'm looking forward to it. Until then, may God bless you richly. My name is Steve Webb. Bye. The LifeSpring One-Year Bible is solely supported by your value for value donations of time, talent, or treasure. 